Hello, I'm Strax, Brighton's premier music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode number 40. Yeah. Which forms a number of different milestones for us. Yeah. Um, number one, it's our 40th episode. We've hit another block of 10, which, as you guys know, we always love. It's also going to be the 50th episode or release we've ever put out. And it's our last recording session of 2017. Yeah. Our founding year is drawing to a close. 2016 is done. Yeah. What a year it's been. And we're going to finish it off by talking about our albums of the year. Yeah. I think this is probably the most prestigious award for us, right? It is, yeah. Although we had a lot of fun giving out Song of the Year, and I think Song is one of those like immediate things that you really kind of latch onto, but Album of the Year, this is a proper body of work by a proper artist, and we're going to really honour some people that we absolutely love. Yeah. So, I'm so excited for this episode, I think this might be the most excited I've ever been to record an episode of Tracks. It feels like it's the most um, prepared I've been, because I feel like I have to be. Yeah. Seminal moments coming up. Yeah. On the other side of this flip side. Exactly. The last flip side of 2016. I wonder if we'll get a new intro for 2017. Mm, Hopefully not. Probably not. (laughs) Let's be realistic. Not going to happen. Shall we begin? You alright, mate? You're looking a bit stressed over there. Um, I've had a stressful time. With this episode, right? The prep? Yeah. It's been a lot for you to handle. Yeah, people on my Instagram would know I've, uh, I've printed out pictures on shit. I know, I can literally see your print out here. It looks lovely. Though, You've yeah. never, for about... That took me so long. <laughs> for at least six months, you haven't even brought notes. And this week, you've gone so far on your notes that you've composed them in Photoshop and then printed it out and no, then written all just over Just dragged them into Word. Oh, Word. I went simple. Classic Word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you really have gone big on this. Yeah, because I found it a difficult one. And I've got number one spot. Yeah. Yeah, the pressure is on you a little bit more. Technically. Still attracts ten. Yeah. But the pressure is on you a little bit more because as uh, regular listeners will remember, we did Rock Paper Scissors last episode. Yeah. It meant that I got to pick number one on Song of the Year. And you took number one on album of the year. Yeah. So yeah, big day. I'm going to say for me, actually, this was easier than song of the year. I think partly because like, I hear a lot of songs that I just kind of immediately really like and grow to love. And like, there's, there's such an immediacy. You've only got three minutes to latch on to something. Whereas for me to really genuinely love, love an album, mm. like that's quite a lot. You've got to kind of, you got to really persevere with it a bit and like grow with it and listen to it loads of times. And like a lot of things, as we'll kind of come to probably later, a lot of things that when I first listen to an album, I'll really like it, but I'll listen to it two or three times and then I'm kind of done with it. Mm. Well, the thing I found difficult is throughout a year with lots of new releases and stuff, I will listen to them for a certain amount of time and then kind of find my way back to the big ones yep. that I really like, whether it's old stuff or new stuff from that year and I find it sometimes it's it's amazing how I've looked back at the year and completely forgotten about so many things yeah I mean I said it in uh, the post on our um, website track show.co.uk 
we do a post for every episode and on our post for last week I did allude to the fact that I'm not completely sure this this year has only been 12 months long like January it's been about 17 I think at least 17 yeah. there's no way there's only been 365 days mm. when you get to September you think it's suddenly December yeah but the whole period before that I know. everyone's like oh she's gone well quick so it hasn't it's just the lead up to Christmas seems to go really yeah. quickly yeah from like can you remember when we were in the flat in January? It feels like that could have happened four years ago. Literally. Literally. Like, Jan- January is just another universe. I'm another man. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been... You're in a very different place. Than oh, you yeah, are. I mean, it's been a seminal... Catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Even, yeah. Western democracy has not as a hard a time as I have this year. That's I'm certainly, I'm um, not financially, but in terms of uh, things I'm doing, in a very different place yeah. than I was last year. You've grown. Well, I've shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just been a bit of a strange one. Yeah. It has, but I'll tell you what. I think we can both, as we sit here now, agree that it's always an interesting point of time when you're at the end of one year and coming into another we're on the precipice of a new year and I'll tell you what for me I think for us mm. 2017 looks pretty fucking great and that's a lovely way we to have feel. a lot of positivity for it yeah yeah so that's a good thing like you can maybe look back and think oh this was a bit a bit leave it a lot of it was a bit leave it <laughs> But and I will leave it. I will leave it in 2016. 2017 is going to be brilliant. I know it is. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bittersweet year. Yeah. It'd be funny though to cut that little snippet of me saying 2017 is going to be great in before. <laughs> there's me in December 2017 just sobbing. <laughs> like Tim, it's all right. Everything <laughs> is gone. <laughs> it's all gone to shit, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's not. It's going to be a big year for us, for music, for everyone. But I'll tell you what, before we speculate on the next 12 months, we need to talk about the best albums of this last 12 months. Yeah. And we're going to get stuck straight into a melody, medley, not melody, <laughs> a medley. I don't know, I can try and make a melody beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to put a little medley together of the, technically the, the 10 before the our official top 10. Yeah. So this is basically a top 20 yeah. in a way. So people will remember from last week, hopefully, that uh, we both picked our top 10, Mm. meaning there was a top 20 in total. Uh, So the first five of each of our top 10s, we put in a little mix because these are people we really want to give honourable mentions to. Yeah, because some of them were really close to getting into the top five, some of them didn't get into the top five for certain reasons or whatever. Yeah. Um, They are near misses mm. by absolutely no fault of their own. They've made incredible stuff this year. And we want to shout them out. So, name and acclaim the following artists. Yeah. Take it away, produce AI. If one more label try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby.
such a shame for those amazing artists that they didn't make into our top 10 but I think we can all agree that um, they deserve a big fat salute from all of us for making incredible music this year Mm. Um, if you didn't recognise any of those songs any of those artists we will put a list on our website which is trackshow.co.uk I've never uh, plugged that twice in the first (laughs) 10 minutes of an episode before Um, but also we make a Spotify playlist for every episode uh, which goes in order from start to finish, so you'll be able to find out what the first ten were. That's we'll post that on Twitter as well. Won't we? Yep, and if you search on Spotify for tracks show music, you'll find that there, yep. and it'll just be everywhere. You know where to find us, guys. Uh, okay. Yeah. So now we're getting into the real thing. We are getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. And this is the grittiest of the nittiest. Gritty. Always gritty. Put the grit down for snow. Don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Let's. So, without further ado, we'll get into the top ten. Here we go. And you're going to give us number ten. Number ten comes courtesy of me. And I'm just going to say this... Um... Tinned carrot. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I wish I'd never said that last week. I know, I've been thinking about it all week. <laughs> God's sake. Um, I'm trying to think of one for you, but I haven't got one. Wait till... In 2017, I'll have a brilliant one. Um, the, the other funny one is my mum. My mum's name... Her maiden name is Crefield. I think you know that. Hmm. And her first name is Francesca. She's called Francesca Crefield, and people used to call her Manchester Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, so number 10, this was the hardest position for me. I had like a solid top five, one of which I had to drop Mm. so that you could take it. 
And then there were so many nominees to take this last spot in the top ten. And people I felt really bad about leaving out because I absolutely love them. But the band that have made it in, band, spoiler alert there, is the OCs. Um, They are a San Francisco kind of garage rock, slightly kind of punky, noisy, kind of a lot of distortion, a lot of scuzziness, a lot of just kind of that really kind of... kind of... of Yeah, but kind of really atmospheric and you can almost feel the kind of the sound coming off it um lots of reverberation yeah huge amounts um and they're a band that i discovered through uh mark riley on six music he's a huge huge champion of them to the point where he says they're the best band in the world really? um and i've never been fortunate enough to see them live but everyone i know who's seen them live says you will come out also thinking they are the best band in the world um, just a massive sound and just like so full of energy and excitement and passion and like I think that kind of garage rock that is what you want you want a kind of a looseness to it and a kind of um, yeah just an energy I think energy is the word sometimes it's nice to have something that sounds raw yeah exactly like nothing's overproduced and I mean they're they're a band who are notorious for just releasing and releasing and releasing and releasing stuff. We've had two projects this year, haven't we? Potentially even more. I think we had an EP and two albums. Mm. Like that's how much they've been putting out, and they all. But it's always like that, you know. Considering how not particularly long they've been together for, you look through their disog- discography, and it's just ridiculous. There's like twenty things on there. Um, but the particular album that I'm putting at number 10 is called A Weird Exits. And it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just all everything that I love kind of rolled into one in terms of that kind of scuzzy, fun, just getting sweaty, kind of moshing around, bouncing off people. But they've also got like a bit of the kind of psychedelia that I'm into, a bit of the kind of 60s references. Um it's also, like, I always feel a little bit of, like, the heavier end of, like, mid-90s British music in there, too. I think they do take influences from, you know, heavier Cud records, like, heavier Charlatans, like, heavier Oasis. Like, there is a bit of that in there in the kind of melodies that they put together, but really with loads and loads of layers and just loads of interest in there. And like I say, I... I fully intend to go and see them alive as soon as I can because everyone says they're amazing and I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who have seen them alive and will be like, yes, the OC's absolutely the correct choice. Um, and just for, for the record, for people listening who maybe haven't heard of them, don't go and search for the the letter O and the letter C. Yeah, That's not, not what they're called. It's not an American drama. No, it's T-H-E-E-O-H. S E E S, the O C's. The O C's. Yeah, exactly. That's what you said. They're amazing. Um, and I'm going to play my favourite song from this record now, which is called Plastic Plant. And I think it's um, not only my favourite, but also I think the most accurate representation for people who are starting out on their O C's journey to think this is what you're going to get. Uh, and it's a great tune. Hope you'll enjoy it.
the OCs are weird exits. Number nine, yep. where are we going? Okay, so potentially I'm not going to talk too much about this band. Spoiler alert, band. <laughs> <laughs> because we have touched on them quite a few times before. And that might happen a few times in this top ten, we'll see. But um, the band is Whitney, the album is Light Upon the Lake. Yep. Obviously people have heard a lot about them, so th- there isn't really much I can say. But they had to be in my top 10 because they've been a go-to album for me yep. all the time and I think if I look down at my list which I can do uh, it's the only band I've yeah. chosen Yeah. For spoiler me, alert number 2 here's what I can say um, and it's not about Whitney specifically but for me I haven't felt like this year has been um, one for the groups and the bands I found myself liking I don't know if anything in in particular, but there hasn't been any like. Let's just say the the picks you have got, I was quite happy to have them in there, because they are people that I like and that I've listened to, um, and even some of the people in my top um, ten, my bottom half, are more kind of focused in that area. Yeah. But uh, in my top five, it just really hasn't been heavy. So the question. Which I've been holding in since we met earlier, and you divulged to me that you didn't really have any bands in your, even your top ten, maybe even your top fifteen. The question I wanted to ask was, do you feel like this has been like a year where you've really discovered stuff that you never really knew you're into, but or do you just feel like there hasn't been the band that's caught you? Because I think it could be one of those two things, like. You could have just gone on a musical journey this year and thought, actually, this other stuff is like what really excites me. I found that I've gone back to things that I liked in the past, or maybe when I was a bit younger. Okay. Um, within, like, say, the last five or six years, people like... Uh, I remember the only time I was ever getting into hip-hop and things a bit like that was Tyler, Tyler the Creator and Earl Sweatshirt and that kind of odd future group and I found myself getting into them and before that I was into lots of band stuff I think Vampire Weekend just released their album and like that year was very heavy with like Foles and all kind of releases Um, and I found that I seem to have just reverted back to I wouldn't say the more mainstream um, kind of music but all the big hits and the big hitters of this year of music seem to have released a lot of stuff this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it's been like a heavyweight year in some ways. It has, and I think that's made me realise how much I I love those kind of guys, yeah. like, uh, or I love that kind of music. I think what's interesting is looking around at even like the, the kind of independent uh, record stores or like publications or whatever it is, music publications, mm. and looking at their end of year lists 
And even they're getting topped by the Beyonce's, Kanye's, Frank Ocean's. You know, big, huge American megastars are even popping the, sorry, topping the kind of alternative list. I think that just shows you the heavy hitters have turned up. In a way, like, when I listen to some of these albums, um, I don't view them like that. Like, I, I really don't want to talk about it too much right now, but... Some of the names you've talked about, and more, I kind of view in the same area as independent bands because yeah. a lot of their projects have been like yeah, that. and also I think the the biggest and for you know people of the musical taste and sort of background that we are, the most exciting thing about this year has been that just because it's a you know a Beyonce album or a Lady Gaga album doesn't mean that you haven't got the likes of James Blake and Kevin Parker turning up and it's like a project from the independent stuff as well so it's like that's kind of exciting there is a big crossover and Mm. I think that's probably a big part of it as well it's It's been a big year for collaborations yeah and for people who have been you know I don't want to say plucked out because you know these are huge artists in their own right in their own sphere but you know the you used to think of pop music as being something totally removed from the indie scene, and that I don't. I think that line has been really blurred in 2016. Blurred lines, but not in that song, because <laughs> that's about sexual assault. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I say, I'm not going to say too much about Whitney, but they are my number nine. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play the song Polly from the album Light Up on the Lake. Um, they're a great band. If you haven't already, which you probably have, go yeah. and check them out. Good choice. Yep. Polly. Baller. I lay awake in all kinds of darkness, Polly. Um, Tim, you're going to hit us with your number eight? Number eight. Tell you what, back in March, there was a glorious week, maybe up there with the most important weeks in musical history. Mm-hmm. Because on the 4th of March, my number eight album came out. And then four days later, Tracks made its debut. Within a week... Us and Kendrick had dropped absolute bombs. Yeah. And tell you what, we've both gone from strength to strength <laughs> to that point. I always forget the date that we started. I don't. It's engraved in my mind. Um, but yeah, 4th of March, Kendrick Lamar dropped Untitled Unmastered. One of, in many ways, the strangest releases of the year. Mm. Um, but also, I think, one of just the most brilliant in terms of kind of insight into a proper a proper artist and a proper sort of visionary I know that's kind of a big word to throw a musician but I think Kendrick really is a visionary and this album kind of proves that and I still even now nine months later 
feel a bit as lost for words as I did when it first came out. I remember us discussing it on the podcast just after it came out and mm. saying, like, you know, I understand, you know, I know hip-hop music. I know kind of, I know rap. I know, you know, even kind of the kind of more soul and funk and Motown elements of it. But also this just feels like a, it feels like a jazz album and it feels like all these different things that I can't really put my finger on. I don't really know where to place and it's just like, it's just a total experience listening to it. It's a jazz rap album. Yeah, but you don't really know like, like what do you compare this album to? Instrumentally, I, because I'm not a jazz guy, but also you jazz... Don't, you don't compare, I guess. You, you just, you pick and choose what you think the... Um where you think he's taken ideas from and put yeah. them into it. Yeah. Exactly. But it is that and it that's what I love about it. It's just this insight into an artist and I think you know even the fact that no songs have a title, it's called untitled, unmastered, like it feels raw. It feels incredible that these could have potentially been discarded tracks. It just feels like Do You know what it feels to me? It feels like um almost not an album. Yeah, it doesn't. It feels it feels just like it is. It, it looks like a B side of something. Because it is. It's like it's like uh, you know a little webcam into just like a jam session. Yeah. But like the most incredible jam session with some of the best musicians who have ever lived, and then just Kendrick absolutely slaying it on top. Like it's incredible, incredible piece of music, an incredible piece of work, and it's been one of the biggest frustrations of my year that every time I get into a conversation about this album with someone who's equally as excited as I am. We try to say, like, oh, what about this track? Oh, what about this track? And then like, you just have to like try and hum it or something because none of them have a name and no one knows any of the names. So like, I know them as the numbers. That's about it. But even then, you get a little bit confused in the middle. Yeah. But this is an amazing piece of work by, I think, I think the most important musician out there right now. And had he... You know, he will say himself like this wasn't a quote unquote proper release. Had he dropped a quote unquote proper album, he'd be way further up the top ten. But this is an amazing piece of work. It is. Uh and he's a genius. And I love him so much. And the song I'm gonna play, I'm gonna have to unlock my phone and find the name of it because I don't know what it's called. I think I know which one you'll go for. Okay, go on, try and guess. I Just f- because, like, if you get the name right, that's so impressive I get the on name, your part. But is it got an 05 in it? No. Okay, I don't know. This is Untitled 02, 06, 23, 2014. Okie dink. Should we have a little listen? Yeah. Pew, pew! That was the immaculate voice of Kendrick Lamar and I'm now going to request that Harry delivers us his number seven album of the year in his own Kendrick Lamar voice because we all know he's got a good one. 
nobody knows anything. Okay, I know you've got a good Kendrick Lamar voice. I can't do it on on the uh, Come on, performing stop. monkey. You are. Gay. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not going to do it. That's um, Harry's impression. Gay. It's my number seven. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing it. Right, it's my number seven. Yeah. And this one has been, you know, for me, maybe for you, a little controversial. Not for me, actually. For you. Um, and maybe some of you listening. But I've gone for Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. Listeners can't see, but I just did the face of the person on the cover. Yeah, although the eyes are up. Have you got the eyes? I did, yeah, head? I tried to. You didn't do it very well. <laughs> um... <laughs> So this album was brought out on the 2nd of December. It's very new. Um, although I've had two weeks with it now. I think that's enough. I'm going yeah. like, to put, put it out there that two weeks, it's no longer a brand new album to you. Like no. You've had enough time to work out whether you I've, really love it or the not. The good thing is I've got past the stage where I'm listening to it every minute of every day. Yeah. And I moved on to some other things and then I went back to it. Yeah. I think like the first seven to ten days, it's like, it's too new to really even know what you think of it. It's, it's just null like, and void yeah. until you've got past the week. Like, yeah. Um, so, Charles Gambino, he has a few projects before this. We had Camp, which is his first kind of um, mixtape. Uh, we've had Because the Internet, uh, which was a good one. I really liked that one. Uh, it's got like huge hits on it then we've had uh, one I think last year uh, Kawhi um, which was another kind of mixtape it was like a six song project of something a little closer to his to his new album it was a little um, it's still hip hop and R&B based but he went it had psyche elements to it it didn't get quite as funky as this one, and which brings me on to this one. Um, he's basically made a new Parliament album. It's a little bit like George Clinton and Eddie Hazel. Yeah. And these kind of guys. Um, people that I know in an interview, he said that he liked when he was younger. And I think what we've got here is a passion project. So that Donald Glover is a guy who does lots of things. And sometimes I don't know whether I like him or not. Because, and here's, there's a reason behind this. He makes great stuff. He's hilarious. He, he writes really good stuff. He's written for 30 Rock when he was quite young. He's, he's written movies. And he was in Community and he was hilarious in that. And he, he wrote uh, Atlanta this year, which is one of the best things I've seen on television for yeah. a year or two. Um I saw him do a live thing recently and you, and you know when somebody yeah I think I saw the same thing yeah you know when somebody looks like they're trying to not care he did that yeah. he does that where he kind of tries not to smile and laugh, and I, I find that a bit insincere and a little bit annoying <laughs> I mean that's really one of your pet hates like people who uh, try to act like they're a little bit too cool to be there or like act yeah. like People who are overemphasizing the fact that they're like kind of removed from it—that really grinds your gears. I've noticed because that I over just, the year. Yeah, because some. I just want someone to be honest, yeah. and I. 
see him in interviews and things and you, you're never getting in all of this stuff you're not getting the true person which is fair enough completely because they hate junkets and they hate doing all these things but um I feel like with this album we're seeing into maybe how he feels at the moment he's made a project that just sounds like something that somebody who loves a certain type of music just feels like making he hasn't made an album for Gambino fans. He hasn't made it to please anybody. He hasn't made it to to make a hip-hop or an R&B record. He's made this kind of funkadelic album. So it's, for me, it's something that, upon first listen, so many people will not be on board with. Um, I, I liked it after the first listen, but the more I've... The more time I've given this thing the more I appreciate it for what it is. It's yeah. instrumentally sound. Like, it, there are just so many elements to it that I think are some of the best instrumentally that I've heard this year, two years, three years. It's it's just fantastic. Like, there are so... Just... In terms of instruments they use to the mixing, I think is done really, really well. Um the vocals in it he's got a very good voice he hasn't got the, the most perfect voice ever but he's he's got a very distinctive voice and he can hit some high levels and he's got a uh, good flow in when he raps which funnily enough there's no raps on this album there's some bars every now and then but there's there's nothing of that kind of childish gambino that you might recognize before this um so like one one question i would ask yeah is do you think it was the right call? And I realise he might be uh, like contractually obliged to do so. But do you think it was the right call to release this album under the moniker Childish Gambino? Well, I think he—I don't think he's with a label as such. And if if he is, he's on his own or something like that. I don't know for sure. But he's definitely doing what he does on his own accord. So there's definitely yeah. no constraints or anything. I think he's stayed with Childish Gambino because it's a music project and maybe that's his yeah. music thing. Yes, Childish Gambino fans who like things from like the album because of the internet, I I feel like some of them won't like it. Just because a lot of musicians, and you know, we, you can make quite a leap from his work to these kind of other people, but a lot of people, when they want to do something really quite distinctive and different they release it under a different name yeah. yeah I'm even thinking of like because it is very different yeah like I'm even thinking of like the guy from Rizzle Kicks he had a solo project this year yeah and it was totally different yeah, and, it was good and really interesting actually really cool yeah. um, I kind of had a newfound respect I was never a Rizzle Kicks fan but I thought no. yeah really cool guy and a talented artist um, but he released it under a different name because it was a really different thing and it does strike me on my I've only listened to this album once or twice but it does strike me that I don't really know that it Obviously, it's still him, but I don't really know that it fits under a childish Gambino well, title. If that, if that makes maybe, sense, yeah. Well, the, maybe that was um, maybe that was part of the reason he stayed with Childish Gambino, just yeah. to kind of show that an artist doesn't have to stay within a certain like yeah. frame or whatever. They can branch off and do whatever they like. I mean, it's literally just a name, like. 
Yeah. Just yeah, of course. Because yeah, you're I Tim, mean, you don't have to do the yeah. same things Tim does. Yeah, of course. And it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just... Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. that's one of the... Maybe he thought about changing it. Maybe he thought about doing it under a completely different name and everything. Like, his the image he's gone for when he does live stuff is so far-fetched and completely just different. Because when he's in, in the past, he's just been Donald Glover, Charles Gambino. Yeah. Now he's kind of strange, psyche native like, <laughs> he does some weird yeah, I know what you're saying yeah. stuff um, but it whatever he's doing fits with the album yeah the name and all that the kind of association and that doesn't bother me I just think we've got a really really quality album that I, I almost like it when it takes a little bit of time to get used to and I I, I want people to yeah. give it more time I mean, and we, we've discussed it before that yeah like, we have in terms of when an album, sometimes, or a song, if at first your reaction is like, oh, what is that? That's sometimes like the best reaction to have because then first it time I have a takes day, you out. It was just like, oh, what yeah. is this? It's it like takes you out of your comfort zone and then it's like, oh, actually, I'm going to grow with this and I'm mm. going to get it. And I think that is my, yeah, sorry to steal it from you, but that is my opinion on this album. I haven't really listened to it that many times yet. But certainly he's an artist and also just a human as a like a creative person as far as that I have know, like yeah. a huge amount of respect for yeah and I kind of I want to invest in a project that he's invested in too um but I am going to say that like on first like say two listens I did find it a bit jarring I didn't really get it straight away I wasn't totally sure mm. never mind loved it I wasn't totally sure I even liked it with the exception of a couple of the more kind of there's a couple of songs in there which are quite accessible. They're quite kind of yeah, old right. school funk songs where you think, okay, yeah, I'm straight on board with this because I know it. I know where it sits. But then other bits... There's only one to me that I think would be jarring to people and that's a song that I just don't take that seriously which is why I can enjoy it. Uh, I don't want to talk too long about this but I just want to say that all the songs for me, just looking down at them, they... They are, at the heart, just kind of extensive funk, soul songs. He, he has yeah. great instrumentation for them, great vocals. I just want... We'll have a listening party, I think, Tim. Where we'll listen to it through and through. Just the ones. <laughs> um, That's just three, then. That's not through and through. Yeah, okay. we'll listen to it through. And I love these projects that... The songs themselves are good, but to me they sound like they should be part of an album and part of a piece of work where you have to listen to it from beginning to end yeah, and then it makes course. sense. I mean, we both have a a consensus on that because like a lot of people didn't get on board with the last Maccabees album, which was exactly that. Yeah. It was an album. It was a piece of work, a body of work. Yeah. And like that's probably why you know, we've sat here in this very studio and you've paid me played me one off songs before I'd gone and listened to this album. And I'd say I don't get it. And the same's happened to me before as yeah. well. Um, but I'm going to play Baby Boy, which I believe is a song for his child. I believe it's an album for his child. Um, that's why you love lyrics and things. To yeah. go into this and really listen to the lyrics and stuff, you might find more of a meaning. Is it a cover of Baby Boy, you stay on my mind? Uh, I believe, I yeah, it's a, I think it's an exact... <laughs> um, I think about you It's a smooth soul number and it's yep. beautiful lovely so, baby boy from the album Awaken My Love which is my number 7 
Number seven. Nice. From Childish Gambino, number seven. Which means... That was so radio. That was pure radio there. Was it? We're getting good at this stuff. (laughs) Uh, Tim, you're going to bring us to number six, I believe. And in all honesty, uh, there's really no need for me to say anything. Everything I could possibly say has been covered. All I need to say is that number six on our albums of the year is Bon Iver, is 22 a million. It's an incredible project by an incredible musician collaborating with a lot of incredible people. The word incredible was invented for this project. Incredible. It's just beautiful. And, you know, uh, people are listening to tracks for the first time. Go listen back. We've talked about it endlessly. People who listen regularly don't need to hear any more. It's just an amazing album, and I'm struggling to even remember which songs we have and haven't played. Can you think of one we haven't played yet? A song from the album. Um, have we played Stratford yet? Um, I, I feel like maybe not. Did we not play that last week? <laughs> At this stage, played... I don't know. I think we've played virtually every song <laughs> on the album. I think we played that last week, Tim. Um, I would go with... just. Mm, it's a good one. I would probably... No, we played Moonwater last week, but we played Stratford before. I really like Creeks. Let's see. Um, I'm looking now. Let's go Creeks. Yeah. I feel like we haven't played Creeks. So it's the closest... Creeks. For me, it's the closest thing to his old work. Yeah. In the album. I, I love it. I love everything about this album. I love every single last song. If we haven't played Creeks, let's play Creeks. It's one of there. It's just perfect. Let's get creaky. And if anything, number six doesn't feel fair for Bon Iver mm. on his chair <laughs> with his nice hair. Doing a dare. But he doesn't care. Because he's really rich. That's a rhyme. I had to finish it somewhere. Um, Seven one five creeks then. Yep. Let's play it. Nothing more needs to be said. Down along the creek. I remember something Heard the heron hurried away Flushed the breach that last Sunday Low moon down the yellow road I remember something Amazing, beautiful, perfect, incredible, the Bon Iver word. Uh, so on to number five, I believe. We are over the halfway point. It is, and I'm really glad this got to number five, because given more time with the album, I think it would be further up. Um, I'm going with A Drive Called Quest with the album. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Yeah. To me, 
Sí. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Good one. Um, this album is honestly like phenomenal. Like I've had a bit of time with it. I've definitely given it more of a listen in the last week and a half than I ever have. Um, it's a song that our friend Ben, track, track show friend Ben, that's hard to say, uh, really kind of champions. Yeah, like, he's been desperate to do an episode on his own, yeah, just he's, purely talking about this. He's album. almost just barged in at points just yeah. to talk about this. And he literally started a WhatsApp group with yeah. just us three saying, we're going to do an episode on this album. Gave us notes. Yeah. I mean, he would do such a better job than me at this, let's yeah, be honest. And to be, maybe in the new year, we'll do a little piece on uh, this act. He's going to be here within half an hour as well. It seems such a shame. Yeah, really? Yeah. So we have a very long album here. It's cut into kind of two sides. Um, well, long in the terms of uh, how many songs there are. I feel like I got through this reasonably quick. I believe it's 60 minutes though. Yeah. Um, we are hit with... These guys are basically pros. You know when you listen to yeah, a, a yeah. new a new artist and that and you and you think, oh their flow's really good, their beats are really good. You're then met with, oh yeah, but here's their granddad and here's yeah. the guy that taught them everything. Yeah. And these are the guys that know everything about this art. Yeah. And this album is like a celebration of everything they've done in the past and everything that they uh want in the future. They shout out It's the last ever album as well. They're done. Yeah, this is that curtain call. I mean, it's practically, you know, it's done. Thank you for yeah. your service. Um, they they shout out a few uh, people that I really like, from Kendrick to Earl Sweatshirt and Joey Badass and uh, another one as well, I can't remember. Um, and they basically say, these guys, I think this is in, there's a certain song, Disgeneration. Um, they, they basically shout out these guys and say... These are the ones that are now taking the baton and making hip-hop music how they think it should be. And when you consider how fucking, like, good they are. Like, the, the thing is, I don't know if you've heard much on this album. I think you've heard it a little bit, but maybe not the whole way through. I've had an interesting experience with this, so I... There's has a, Ben forced it upon you? No, there's one song which I know particularly well, which I've forgotten the name of. Uh, we the People. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the other day, I worked an incredibly long day. I got into the office at like half seven, and I was here till about nine o'clock at night. And it happened to be the day that uh, Six Music's album of the day, so they play one song from an album each hour. Oh, yeah. And their album of the day was this. So I have heard it all. Oh, wow. But like completely, like dispersed by an hour between each track. And I absolutely loved it. Every time they were like, today's album of the day is Tribal Quest. I was so excited to hear the next one. And I absolutely loved every song in isolation, but I, well, haven't, had, thing. Like, I haven't had the pleasure of uh, listening to it cover to cover yet. It's definitely going to be one I'm going to keep playing for a long time. Yeah. Like, you get a good pair of headphones on and you just play this back to back. It's got some great features on it. Kendrick's on it. Kanye writes yeah. on it. Andre 3000 has some lines in it. Some bars, maybe you should say. I don't know if the lines is right. <laughs> it has some lines. Um, just song after song. Yeah. There's just some amazing I, yeah. things in it, and I liked your analogy earlier. Mine, like about it, like 
the other people like trying to join in and like the pros just turn up it reminds me of like a load of 10 year olds at football training and then like one of the dads coming and joining in and just like shoulder barging everyone out the way and just like absolutely dominating the game yeah. just like pinging it in the top corner like, and these imagine, little kids are just like ah imagine, like this is just proper David Beckham's kids right yeah and in the future like they're really killing it in the Premier League yeah. and then it, the camera pans to David Beckham and it's like oh yeah exactly there's an actual there's the guy that was yeah. like or is a legend like, yeah like, and it's been this has been 90, I think 98 was their last record release yeah it's been incredible they've done a few things in between that but like it's the same with De La Soul this year as well big big time between them but these real like um, masterminds absolute royalty hip hop royalty yeah and these are the guys that they set the tone yeah. for a kind of especially um, east east coast America yeah. And it, yeah, and like the musicians of now, um, Kanye says in one of his songs, um, they all want another tribe called Quest, but all they got left is this guy called West. It's like, even he acknowledges the fact that tribe called Quest are, you know, they're the pinnacle and like, he's kind of filling a space that they left rather than overtaking them. Like, this Mm. is the top of the mountain. the, The main reason why I've got these guys in here is because we've talked so many times over this past year about people that we know we should be really into and we know that we would love yeah. if we would if we just got into them at a certain time but we never did yeah and these are those guys and i i tell you i just keep playing this i cannot yeah. get enough of it and it's i know a, yeah. that given the time i would have been listening to the listen to these guys a long time ago it does show i completely agree and it does show like that thing of you know there's all you know however many years of music has come out yeah. but like you are that window where you were in your teens and 20s like you're just going to be more predisposed to like that stuff even if actually there's stuff that came before that you would like way more mm-hmm. and like Tribe Called Quest it just so happens that this is the first album they've dropped while we're in that window yeah, so yeah. it's like oh my god I'm going to latch onto it immediately definitely had I been there for, I wasn't yeah. looking for them had yeah. I been there in 98 and had I been 15 I would have been loving it absolutely loving it well some people love older music yeah, but, but I find yeah. it difficult to go right so where do you start there's fucking 70 years of music which yeah. which one should I like, go for say for example you know Spotify you land on the Tribe Called Quest page before this album drops yeah you know there's what five six albums where do I start I don't really know where, what the entry point is whereas when a new album comes out you think okay you know 11 12 songs I'll just go in and I'll listen to the whole thing and mm. I'm in and out and I know exactly what I'm getting and I love it yeah like it's so much more accessible I think and you know if this was you know if if I had had more time with this if we'd had more time with this maybe if it was a, if it was brought out in January maybe if it was brought out in January there's I really think there's chances that this would be higher up on the list yeah uh, maybe we'll do a tracks revisited next year at the end and we'll see what happens <laughs> I think we will but <laughs> um, but yeah it's a very um, creditable place anyway so I mean yeah it is I know somebody wanted it in the top five somebody I know and it was in my top five anyway luckily yeah. so I haven't done it for you um, <laughs> a song I'm going to go for Dis Generation cool um, just because I think it's really good and you know there's not much I can say <laughs> Nice. So, Dis Generation from a Tire Called Quest. 
We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Lovely. Handle box with a capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris Paul or John Wall in the league. Grab a mic till the knuckles will bleed. Cause I believe the potent and I'm potent. Happy geek like speed. If rationale is natural, I will weave. It's all edges and peace. Setting press me on a permanent speed. I'm in the world with my princess player. And she feel I'm a Vader. And my lore grows greater and greater. Pim trails drop the poison in his vapors. Happy shaking like Gator. Pin trail, nigga, process to data. Blu-ray wave, follow a beta. I DVR to later. Copper Massa with a G to so, number five is done. Like you said, a big one. Moving on to number four. Which is for you, Tim. It is. Um, and this is an artist that I've been really excited about for quite a long time now. Like, since March or April, I think, this March. album came out. Um, the artist is White Horses, spelt with a Y. The album is Pop or Not. And, uh, you know, as we said many times before, I don't really like um, reading other people's reviews of stuff, but this little introduction, I I read it for the first time way back then before I'd heard the album, and it's kind of stuck with me as, like, just such an interesting way. It, it was what got me... I don't know who this band is. Okay, so let me read this to you. Yeah. This was my introduction before I went and listened to the album. What happens when you put an obscure Mancunian music chronologist on a three-month sojourn in the heart of the Italian in the heart of the Italian countryside, with some battered analog recording gear, some cheap guitars, and a female vocalist, and friends to explore themes of the human condition and daydreams of fancy with one piece of decoration, a poster of their favourite band, Oz Mutantes, looming large on the wall. Offering some company and direction during this time of solitude. The answer is a new group of seismic psychedelic proportions. May we present White Horses. This is one of the most interesting music projects of the year. They're from Manchester, as that alluded to. They're a four-piece. They just make weird, out there, psychedelic music. But also, then bring it back into kind of beautiful little sweet sort of love songs and melodies they've kind of got a bit of kind of do you remember the goatine like yeah. the first goatine album there's a lot of that in there that's kind of what first really attracted me when i listened to it because i was a huge goatine fan and all my family were as well they were kind of a real universal love in our house um but it's just got a bit of everything like i say it's a bit psyche as you know i like uh, French vocals and like singing in French. A female vocalist, did you say? Yeah, yeah. That's but they're not they're not voices. French. But for some reason, a few of their songs are sung in French. Um, the the first song I heard is called La Couleur Originelle. Is it as good as Alex Turner does it? Better, <laughs> so much better. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just joyous. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of. Do you remember, again, you know, I like kind of late 60s girl bands. Yeah, yeah, pop is what it was kind of called. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, yeah, yes. No, like yeah, yeah, pop is what they called it in mainland Europe. So you had kind of the kind of moddy 60s I'm uh, depth here, mate. girl bands in England. Or like the Beatles, you know, they sing yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you had girl bands kind of mirroring that in mainland Europe. So you had like a lot of Portuguese bands, a lot of Spanish bands, a lot of French 
girl bands. And they would say, yeah, 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 a lot. So they called it yeah, yeah, pop. Um, so there's loads of like 60s influences, a bit of psych, and then just like a bit of like heavy instrumental on top. But just all these layers, and they're just really, really cool. Just like really original. Really cool. No, but just like there isn't another word for it. It's just. I mean, you've sold it to me. It's just an amazing project and an exciting project, and it's something I've loved all year. And yeah. just like. How come you never mentioned them? I've talked about White Horses so many times. You've never mentioned the White Horses. They are always the second in the sentence of what are you into this year? Kane Stranger White Horses have always been the second. I don't listen to you then. No, you literally don't listen to me because also you've only listened to Kane Strang this week, so... Yeah, true, but... <laughs> but we're going to get there. We're talking about White Horses right now, and maybe, actually, to break from format of uh, the rest of this episode... Maybe listen we should to it first. Play a couple of White Horses songs, and then we'll come back. Yeah. And you can hear how different they are as well, because I think that's one of the really interesting things I love about this album. I'm going to play you two songs right now. So I'm going to play you La Couleur Originelle... Le and then I'm going to play you The Snowfalls. Okay. And you couldn't get two more different tracks, but both from just this perfect piece of work. one French and one isn't. That is part of the difference, but not all of it. Mm. Okay. So first up, La Couleur Originale. <laughs> That was your first listen to White Horses, apparently. Yeah. Because as you said, you don't listen to me. So, what do you think? Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell everyone that at work tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay, White Horses. Really haven't got much to go with because, like we've mentioned a few times already today... The first listen, sometimes you just you can't get enough in. Straight away, my first opinions are, yeah, pretty much that. In that, it doesn't sound bad. It doesn't sound like something I would listen to. But just like anything, when you've shown me Kane's, I don't know if I can talk about it. No, you can't. We're getting there, Harry. We're getting there. Um, You've shown me stuff in the past um, that I've been the same with. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've gone to, and I've listened to the whole album once, and that's sometimes all you need is to yeah. just give your attention to it for a bit. Um, but for me at the moment, yeah, they sounded all right. I think, so, the thing is I kind of... I like the diversity, but... I think what's interesting about this band is that I, not only from you, but actually from most people, I fully 
expect that kind of reaction in some ways. But uh, for my musical taste, it's kind of a perfect storm. So like all the different things that I like. So as you said before, I love a female vocal. I love a little bit of fuzziness. I love kind of a bit of a 60s kind of mod influence. I like that kind of um, found recording style aesthetic. I love a bit of French vocals. Like, I love it's a bit very of... very specific. <laughs> I love a bit of psychedelia. Like, there's all these different things that I really, really love when I find them separately. And I just feel like White Horses brought them all together in this, like, amazing, weird little album. Hmm. And then also, just like, I love the kind of... I think all of us who love music are kind of a little bit romantics at heart in the, like, the story of the Beatles going into Abbey Road and doing two takes on like these incredible songs you know that is as much part of what you like about the songs as the actual songs themselves and the idea of these three Mancunians going and living in the foot of some mountains in a weird bit of Italy with a load of old analogue gear and just like recording an album it's like Oh my god, that is the dream, and I love that as much as I love the songs. It's for me, like, that's why I loved Tame and Parlour at the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, just exactly. The whole exactly kind the same of thing. thing with of him, just Kevin Parker yeah. in his lounge or in his room, the, the only room he has with all his gear on the floor and just making music yeah. and stuff. It was and very kind of raw and vivid. Yeah, and uh, Piccadilly Records in Manchester, like a world-renowned. Uh, don't sound like a Manchester band at all. Which no, is that's quite weird as well, isn't it? Because like a lot of you know, you hear it a lot with um, basically 90% of bands that come out of Manchester. They really can't shake that influence. And I love that about them as well, that they you'd never guess they're from Manchester in a million years. Mm. But Piccadilly Records, uh, they talk about the lead singer of this band. Not Sorry, not the lead singer, the lead kind of um, sort of creative force behind it. So not the female, but the the guy, I can't remember his name, who's kind of, he brought this band together and it's kind of his creative vision that they're all pulling one and he used to come in and like not really say any words but he would just like give them a mixtape to play in the shop and then just leave Mm. and they're like he was super mysterious then and even now he's in a band he's still like super mysterious now he's just got this like weird aura about this kind of guy it's like I, i totally buy into that as much as i buy into this music which in some ways i realize isn't for everyone but it's it feels funny. like it was just tailor-made for me. You and I about, love that about it. You talk about him and maybe how he feels authentic. And I was talking about um, Donald Glover, who trying to, does, does the same thing. And you're just like, I've seen you happy and smiling. And now you're yeah. trying to be like cool and elusive. And it doesn't fit. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's nice that you have that kind of... Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a tailor-made suit. This album is, I think, maybe just tailor-made for me. And I get that is it's... It, is it black jeans and a black shirt? Yeah. Yeah. It's pure black, mate but slightly green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, I never thought this was, you know, it's been, and maybe why you think I haven't gone on about this album that much this year. I really have. I've talked about it quite a lot. But like, I think with Kane Strang, as we've spoken about before, and we're going to come on to, the reason I've gone on about that so much is I really love it and I feel like other people will really, really love it and they'll get into it as much as I have. Whereas this, I've kind of thought, this is a bit divisive. Other people might not get into it and that's fine. But for me, it is so easily in my top albums of the year. I absolutely love it. Okay. So it's called Pop or Not and it's by White Horses.
It's not pop. And it's not not. <laughs> uh, so you've listened to two songs, so you might as well go straight into yours without playing another one. Yeah. So what number are we on? Is this two? This no, is three. 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 Yes. And this one, uh, Tim, this and my number one were very, very, very close. Um, so close that we came close to fisticuffs <laughs> earlier this evening. Okay, so I have a personal number one and a tracks number one that, you know, I'm more than happy to have at number one. Um <laughs> <laughs> I seriously am like I I would happily have either. Yeah. Uh but tracks number 3 Tim mm-hmm. is Blonde by Frank Ocean. Mixed with a little bit of Endless, but I'm not going to talk about Endless. Um so after I believe 4 years since Channel Orange the public not very patiently waited for Boys Don't Cry, or they waited for um, Frank Ocean's next album. We had Endless, which was released on a Friday. I believe it was in August. It was late August. Um, And then suddenly on the Saturday, Blonde just released. Just came out of nowhere. Most people in the music industry didn't know when this, this was coming out. Nobody knew. No one had a clue. It was a weird just bit of time, wasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Literally, no one knew what was going on. Some people, some people say, "Oh, just fucking release your stuff, don't take the piss." But uh, some people say that's a, maybe a good way to market an album. It's some funny people how, say he just wasn't ready yet. It's funny how my reflection on it. It's funny how my reflection on it has changed since the time. Because at the time, I was kind of in the camp of, "Oh, just get on with it. Like, yeah. just say what you're doing." But now, I look back on it, and I think, God. I loved that little week where no one really knew what was going on. It's like, is there now? Today? Yeah. Is it going to be... It's 10 o'clock today. It's going to be 10 o'clock today. So they we're all there, like, I'm on Twitter, like, is it come out? I don't... Like, I'm not even really a Frank Ocean fan. And I was... Yeah. I was right in the thick of it. Like, what is going on? I like, where is this album? Searching Frank Ocean, searching Boys Don't Cry all the time, looking over Reddit, which I never go to. Um, and it find. I mean, now we find out that it's... He just could, has to finish it could, his... It just, could be down to he needed to release something to get out of his contract. He just had then, to finish his staircase off and then he was going to... Yeah, and then it was ready. <laughs> um, but we were met with an album that I think, certainly over time, um, almost certainly at the ver- at the time it came out, I was I thought, yeah, this, this kind of... Um, I think now it exceeds expectations and at the time it was just what people wanted. I don't think anyone really came away from it feeling hard done by because it's a beautifully crafted album. It's, I mean, it's, it's love music. It's, it's a slow R and B album. Um, if you're, if you expect anything, anything like channel orange, you know, there's aspects to it, obviously. His voice is still as stunning as ever. I, it does have the same aspects to like songs in Channel Orange. Um, you still get the same sweet tones of uh, Frank Ocean's singing voice, which is possibly one of the best 
singing voices there is out there in music at the moment. He's just a phenomenal singer and a songwriter. And the the album itself is mixed very well, not perfectly. There's certain times it doesn't seem quite right. There's there are some drops in the album as well. Uh, I'm not a huge blah 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 blah. I'm not <laughs> pins and needles. Um, I'm not a massive fan of interludes and things unless they're done right. I like the Facebook one. Uh, I I actually quite like the one with his mum. Um, it's a little different. It's yeah. again like we've talked about. It's a whole album piece. There are certainly some in there that work as singles themselves. Yeah. Um, but it's the second half of the album that really, um, for me starts to sound like a kind of Grammy award winning album and uh, an album that um you know should be number one. <laughs> um <laughs> so there's no hard feelings in the studio at all, don't worry listeners. It's when you get to solo reprise with uh Andre Feet Thousand and it's just this like that's when I get excited. Yeah, it's because it, 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 it hit because it doesn't say that it's with him. So as soon as he comes in, you know the voice. Of course, instantly. from like the first millisecond, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, Andre's back, and he's come back a number of times since as well. Yeah, it's so good. And what is it? I'm so low, I can see under the skirt of an ant. <laughs> That's so fucking great. Yeah, not said in that accent. But I'm so low. <laughs> yeah, but there's one thing I certainly will say for this album is that there are a number of like standalone lines yeah. that I I crack up at every time I hear and I absolutely love what's the seance one that's my favourite on the whole album you call me back from a seance so yeah you must be from a past life or whatever it is yeah that's it. did you call Can me from, from a... the bears no yeah yeah but like we've done it no justice but it's really really funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> it reminds anyone who's got an ex-girlfriend it is that like they, you might as well have spoken to them from a seance that is in uh, Nights, yeah, I believe. I mean, that's my favourite song on the album, and yeah. uh, it was in our Songs of the Year compilation. And I was saying to you just the other day, I'm going to put it out there that for me, um, you know, I'm someone who, and maybe it is from like a reflection on my attention span as much as anything. Like, I drift off if I listen to The Whole of Blonde. It mm. doesn't capture me for as long as it needs to for its running time and that I will totally accept that's a me thing as much as it is that record yeah. but when I listen through to our I said this to you when I listen to to our Spotify playlist of those top 20 songs of the year yeah I think for the isolated three minutes I think probably Nights was the song I enjoyed the most mm. but I really love that song and in isolation it's brilliant it feels like two songs because yeah. it splits um, and becomes something else. Yeah. But so until... I think there's... That, what I'm trying to say is I think there's moments of genius in this album. I think the first half, until you get to self-control, is it's like the, the songs that are singles. Yeah. And then you get from a Good Guy, which is kind of like a interlude kind of thing. It's just a short one. So songs like White Ferrari and Siegfried and uh, Future Free and... These songs just for me, like I say, the second half of the album to me is where the kind of the big hitters come in um, that aren't just the kind of solo single songs, um, and that's kind of what I'm gonna pick to represent this album for people who may not have heard it, for people who don't like it, maybe 
Do you feel like it's an album that you like can sum up in one track? So a number of the ones that we played, like we're talking about a full um, 10, 12 songs, and like then it's been like, but this is a perfect representation of it. I'm not sure Blonde has In that. one song, no. No. There's different sections to it all. There's, like I say, there's two halves, in my opinion, of songs that sound like they could be brought out of singles and sound songs that sound like they could be part of... Um, like movie scores and then yeah, yeah. some that sound like they're just like singular pieces of art like you get songs like Nights which is like almost three separate kind of yeah. um, parts to a song so no there's not one that I could play but actually I will play White Ferrari I think just because I've only just now found out and I texted you the other day didn't I Yeah. about it being I was like fuck I was listening to Revolver and I'd heard, uh, sorry, our friend Ben would know, it's here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I heard that and I thought, that's the... Yeah, it's a weird moment, isn't it? Yeah, and I was just like, I knew there was um, influences of um, yeah. the Beatles on there and I hadn't put two and two together. So that was the second time in like two weeks we'd had that as well. Because yeah. we had the uh, Foles, Total Life Forever, discovering that that was a Lemonhead song as well. Yeah which was one of the most horrifying revelations of my entire life. Yeah. But traumatic. Hopefully this wasn't as traumatic for you. Not as traumatic, no. I just really liked it, though. Yeah. Because it is perfect. Like, you, you, you sing the Beatles bit and you hear his bit. It's just like, mm, yeah, yeah, lovely. Uh, so I'll play that, White Ferrari. This album is phenomenal to me. Um, there's not much more I can say. Number three. I have got it on record soon. It's going to arrive in the post. When is that? 58th, 19th of December, I think. <laughs> what a lovely it was Christmas a one-off. present to yourself. Yeah, it was absolutely lovely. I didn't know whether to do it at the time, but I decided 58 quid, that's enough. Treat yourself. To get a special no edition, will. black version of Blonde. So, white Ferrari on the album Blonde by Frank Ocean. Care for you still, and I will forever. That was my part of the deal. Honest, we got so familiar. Spending each day of the year, white Ferrari. Good times. So from Frank Ocean's Blonde at number three, we move on to number two, Tim. What's it going to be? So from Blonde to Never Kissed a Blonde. Everyone who listens to this uh, podcast regularly will know what my album of the year is. I'm again absolutely gutted that my man is finishing runner-up in the Tracks Awards. It's his second He's silver medal. Above Frank Ocean, though, so it's, it's a big... Yeah, that's fully deserved. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it is. Uh, This is, for me, an album that I've said before, I will love from now until forever. It's easily my album of the year, but it's coming in at number two because democracy. Uh, (laughs) So, did you know, here's an interesting fact, which I haven't said on the podcast because I've said everything there is to say about this. By the way, listeners, if you haven't guessed yet, it's Kane Strang, Blue Cheese. The love of my interesting. I hate blue cheese. 
Yeah. But I like the album. And I've got a lactose deficiency intolerance, so, <laughs> you know, it's not for me either. Um, but did you know that it was recorded in a World War II bomb shelter in Germany? There's no. the new fact about Blue Cheese. We've said everything else there is to say, but not that. Was it... Do you know where in... Oh, no, Germany, sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong place. Yeah, New Zealand, I don't think, was in World War II. No, I was thinking of... Uh, I mean, they might have built shelters just to be safe. No, I know, <laughs> I, I know a recording studio in Normandy, and then I remembered Germany, Normandy. Yeah. Not the same thing. No, they're not. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. What an album came out of this bomb shelter. Um... So it was the kind of, it came out of two months where Kane was uh, house-sitting for his parents back yeah. in New Zealand, pretty isolated, on his own, just making music. Yeah, so it came out of two months of Kane uh, house-sitting for his parents on his own in quite a rural place in New Zealand. He just sat there. Is that the picture? Broke. Yeah, Sorry. that's the house. Yeah. Um, that's Lois. It's Lois, yeah. <laughs> You did say that. I didn't think you did. That's nice. That's head nice. Um, That's really nice. Uh, yeah. And so I think a lot of, um, you know, those things I've spoken about before, about uh, relating to the kind of uh, loneliness and isolation and kind of um, longing that is in this record, that's kind of maybe where that comes from. He's from a very musical family. Mm. He's got a kind of heritage of just kind of trying to make interesting sounds with uh, traditional instruments. I think he's an amazing musician, an important voice, a huge talent, and someone who's just depressingly underrecognized. And I'm so, so excited to say what I'm about to say because I really didn't think I would ever get here on tracks. Right. What I'm about to say is that you have listened to Blue Cheese a number of times this week. And many times. It's even become now possibly, and I had this with Alt-J uh, years ago, I, list, I got like a new speaker for Christmas. I mean, this was this was ages ago now. And um, they are now someone that I listen to every Christmas. I listened to this album while I was decorating my Christmas tree. So potentially it has... It's it, quite a melancholy It's now Christmas, going that. to be played every time I do a Christmas yeah. tree, which is, you know, quite a big occasion. So um, yeah, I've said everything yeah. I can possibly say about this album. As someone who's just coming into it and just finally, finally getting into it after me nagging you for nine months, you did what nag- do you think? Yeah, uh, you did nag for a long time, and I and it's one of those ones that everyone's been in a position where your friend wants you to hear something, yeah. and you you either just put it off, not for any reason, you just yeah, have just other things, just think about it, other things that you're interested in, yeah. Um, but I thought. This is potentially something that could be number one or two next week. Um, and I know Tim's going to listen to Blonde throughout properly, so um, <laughs> I will give this a proper go. And I was... It's amazing because a lot of it I recognise from things you played me. Yeah. And I think, you know when we talk about how I sometimes prefer or I listen out for instrumentals and you listen out for kind of lyrics and things? Yeah. This was one of the ones where I was just thinking the instrumental to this and the melodies I was so on board with. Yeah. That I've got some favourites. I've got a little list of my favourite songs here. Uh, the Web, which potentially now I look back would be maybe being my top 
10, 15 songs of the year. Yeah. I can't stop listening to it. It's amazing. Said I'm um, gonna settle down. Full Moon Hungry Sun. Yeah. I Huge. adore the melody in that. I adore the the like melody of the instruments and stuff like that. Uh, What's Wrong. Nothing, nothing. Love that. Uh, She's Appealing. And Never Kissed a Blonde. Yeah. Uh, in there with... Like, that, it reminds me of the bands I loved in 2008, 2007. Like these... Yeah. Not to say that this is like... Um, no, but it's totally got that throwback element back to, to that. Yeah, right. it's, it's just... But it's something totally original as well. Yeah, and it's... I know he's not in a band, but it's the... It's possibly the closest thing I've come to finding a band like the ones I've loved yeah. and the ones I do love still. Um there's not been a it's for me every time I listen to it I just think oh this is this is really like the the stuff I like yeah and I haven't had that for quite a while yeah and there's no bum track in it as well like it took me no. quite, it took me quite a long time to uh work out which song was which purely because like a lot of albums you listen to and it's like I know the one I really like is coming up and then there's like a couple of dud songs and then another one I really like is coming up whereas this it's just every song it's got something different there's about certainly, um There's times when I think uh, there's a little too much similarity between certain songs. Sure. But I think that's because you're grasping the sound of a project. Yeah. And there's a certain... Um, there's a certain... What's the word? Um, there's a constant factor in all yeah. the songs. Uh, the song of the canyon, Her River Carved, I don't remember that one. Um, I can't remember what that one is. But just looking through them, I can't even remember the last song either. Scarlet King Magnolia. You definitely know that. Do I? Yeah. Okay, well. Magnolia. Yeah, like, I will probably go through and listen again in terms of lyrics. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it takes me, (laughs) it's funny because when I listen to albums, sometimes I don't really understand the lyrical content until my like 50th listen. Yeah. Until I'm really down with the instrumentals and the the melodies and the beats and everything like that, I sometimes don't listen to lyrics. Yeah, which is just how we work. Yeah, it's just um, different strokes. So maybe I'll find more of a love for this album when I kind of look into that. Yeah, but but I'm also very think, happy for this to be up there. I also think it's maybe like a kind of the perfect reflection of it at this stage that. Uh, I love it so much for the lyrical content and then you've kind of looked at it on an instrumental level and still loved it. Yeah. I think that's kind of a really amazing reflection of how good this record is. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely... Two people can come from it to it from totally different viewpoints and still just think, God, this is great. And it's one that I think listening to first time round, you can even gauge like a, a liking for it yep. instantly like some of we talk about all these types of music there's some you have to take a little bit more time with and whatever but with this one I think it has an aspect to it which you like straight away it's quite enjoyable to listen to yep. and then the deeper and deeper you go into it you might like it a little bit more Completely. but um, I, I also think it's nice to champion this kind of act and have them up at the, the top of a list but yeah. because everyone knows the tracks top 10 means a hell of a lot in the music industry <laughs> yeah, it's prestigious uh, man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I am happy with them here just to let you know I am happy with, Good. with this bit. I'm so excited that you're happy I'm so excited that you finally got around to listening to it 
Yeah. Like I say, uh, it feels kind of ridiculous that we've just done number two and number three and we've both said this is our album of the year and then we're going to do number one, which we've both already disclosed isn't our album of the year. Yeah. But yeah, Kane Strang for me is the best album of the year. Uh, it's called Blue Cheese. Everyone go out and get it because he doesn't get anywhere near as much credit as he deserves. Mm. It's frankly ridiculous that I've looked through so many top 100 lists and I've only seen him in one. Do you know whose one it was? Piccadilly Records in Manchester. But even then, uh, I realised the one I spoke about last week, that was their first six months of the year, and it was at number four on that. He's now dropped to like number 48 on their list. Nonsense. Absolute categorical Give him time. Maybe people... Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe he was born with it. <laughs> Maybe people will realise yeah. at some point. But it's an incredible album. Um, and... What should we play? What's wrong while she's appealing? Uh, what's wrong? Let's play What's Wrong. Okay. The officially track's second favourite album of the year. Pain Strang Blue Cheese. Officially. And this is What's Wrong. So here we are, we've made it to number one, and honestly, I'm in such, like, just a joyous mood to uh, have watched you enjoy Kane Strang that much, that like, I don't really... To be like, Tim, I love this bit, when he yeah. goes, no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> like, that is just so great for me. I've waited so long to see it from any of my friends, never mind my co-host. Um, brilliant. I'm satisfied. We're going to go into number one. And it's your choice. I don't think anyone will know what's number one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has a clue what's going to come. A little uh, insight for listeners. Ben's in the studio. Can you guess what the number one album of the year is? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think two of us would go for? Lemonade? No. No. Yeah, Lemonade's not made it into our top 20. Yeah, shout out Beyonce. Oh, you are cool, but... Pablo Escobar? <laughs> it's not always cool, but you've, <laughs> you're talking about the right album. But you say a Pablo Escobar, and we've got I'm Just a Lanky Pablo Escobar in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> that is Ben's uh, Tinder bio. Yeah. And so number one, Harry, go on, give us the news. So, at number one... We have Mr. Kanye West with the life of Pablo. And, you know, there'll be gasps at home. <gasps> there may have been some uh, exasperated gasps and some in size. the studio. Definitely some yeah, size. I think it's a massive surprise to the listeners that he changed the Kanye West out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no one's trying to surprise anyone. The point is... We had to give it to the album that we have, as track show, loved the most this year. And 
Jesus Christ, I love this album Can so you much. really imagine giving or taking this album and not giving it number one the amount of times we've talked about it, the amount of times we finish a recording and dance and sing to it, the yeah. amount of times we just just talk about it in general Yeah, it's an amazing amazing piece of work and what I love about it is that it's like uh, it's finally Kanye getting a bit introspective it's kind of musically mature it's got influences from all these incredible places it's kind of it's got that amazing complexity and kind of immediate simplicity to it at the same time yeah you know you can you can keep digging and digging and digging as much as you want to into all the different things that are brought into this record but also you can just listen to it and think oh my god this is an absolute banger it's one of the um, song after song after song you go oh I love this one this should be my favourite one oh hang on this one's actually my favourite oh hang on yeah Um, but in some ways like it could be like it's obviously a huge hip hop album it could be a comedy album the amount of times it makes me laugh you could say it's the Donald Trump album (laughs) (laughs) no because it's won the popular vote it has been um, maybe that's why I said it you do when you look at Kanye's album, you know a lot more about him than I do. Um, but when you look at his albums, they are they kind of hold bookmarks to certain times of his life. Yeah, this one certainly is uh, is going to be a placeholder in uh, in time to come about Kanye in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, because I, that's what I mean. I think he got more open and he became more reflective, and like you know the. Even things that can seem kind of insignificant and kind of throw away at the time, but the fact that like he talks about uh, being on antidepressants and talks about how he is without his certain kind of stabilizing uh, medication, you know, they're they're really important things for people who suffer with those things, and like it's absolutely tragic and sad the way his year kind of ended, and you know, ending up in hospital. And in a room with Donald Trump, like that, that's really <coughs> heartbreaking for him and for us. Yeah. <laughs> or is it genius? Yeah. Or is it a great marketing strategy? It could also. It could be. Like it might be any of them. I feel like yeah. It might be. Don't think it's a marketing thing. Yeah. At I least he probably doesn't know it is. It might still yeah. be. But the point. He's that clever. The point is, yeah. I think. The point is, I think. He really genuinely for people who. Like, I hope, you know, I like to put us in that category of people who really genuinely love and appreciate and respect people who are music fans and musicians and people who want to, really genuinely want to not only do something different, but expose their audience to something that they wouldn't necessarily be exposed to normally. I think that is absolutely what Kanye West does, always has done, always will do. And I think this is the best he's ever done it. Yeah. But also, yeah. like... Every Ooh. consecutive Kanye album doesn't sound like the last one. Okay, this is what... You know, Yeezus could not be further away from the life My of My question to you was, as a Kanye fan, and as somebody who kind of has appreciated lots of his projects before this, and but this is the main one that I really like, Yeah. Um, is this, Does when you first heard it, does it sound like a Kanye album? In moments, I mean, obviously you've got, you know, the, the kind of obvious Kanye things of vocals being dropped into... The bass track, you've got loads of gospel bits coming in. 
But then at the same time, you've got to remember where it comes from. So Jesus was his version of like the XX's first album. Like it was totally, there was just nothing there. It was just him really, really raw. And then he comes into this kind of, if anything, overproduced record where it's kind of all this different stuff going on everywhere. You know, how can you come from New Slaves into Ultralight Beam? Like that's the same as Childish Gambino coming into his new album. That yeah. is that different. But like, I I just think, I think this is a genius piece of work. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that had we had free reign, you would have put Frank Ocean at number one of your albums of the year. And I would have put Kane Strang as my number one album of the year. Yeah. I have zero qualms with this being our Neither album do I. of the year. Can I, can I just, do you remember the first time you heard Famous? Yeah. And the Sister Nancy's Bam Bam came exactly, in. and those this... little moments sometimes are yeah. the ones that kind of clinch. But these these, these are the moments that not only this album's about; these are the moments that music's about. Like I didn't know that song before, and I think we even said it on the podcast. Like when I was listening to the album, it wasn't even a case of I was like putting it back to the beginning of Famous. What I was doing was putting it. 30 seconds back just so I could hear that drop come in again because like where does it come from I have literally no idea where it comes from but it's genius and a lot of those things happen you, you yeah. have like the little the skit kind of thing that I used to love can you yeah. that kind of stuff things that we've been singing since the whole thing came out which is walking down the street um, there's a lot of stuff that he has Kendrick on there he has Frank Ocean on there yeah. uh, that he has loads of people on this thing and um and he's constantly like promoting these new artists and getting people yeah. in. And he's like you say, he's a massive music fan who's just taking like he's not the first person to sample, but in this generation, he's he seems to be picking exactly the right samples yeah. of things. He knows, like you know, like all day, just getting like Skepta and yeah. all those guys, like UK grime guys, to come on with him. Like he know he's totally in touch with what's going on, and he's. He's one step ahead. I saw some uh, some YouTube comments on something Kanye did recently, and then so many of them said, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> All the people that like Kanye or love him know that... So there's, there's kind of two, maybe two or three types of people. You get the ones that just hate Kanye West and will not listen to what you say. Yeah. Um, the one who I was in the, at the beginning, which was somebody who thought he was probably a bit of a bell end, but... You know, he's good at what he does. And then the ones who love him and can see exactly what he's doing and that he's he's just very smart. Yeah. And all these weird little things that happens, maybe not very recently, yeah. that might not be the, within the same thing. But all the, the small, like the whole kind of famous video. Yeah. People are like, he's just trying to poke holes at people. And Swiss boobies. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all these little things like... I now feel like he's he's smart. He's he's not an idiot. Yeah. When he ma- when he says these things that provoke people, yeah, he he knows what he's doing. At least until maybe a few months ago. I agree. I think ultimately, the reason we all love music and the reason we all love this stuff is like it. It's about escapism. It's yeah. about like giving you a moment in the day where you're just excited and filled with energy 
and just like passion and love for exactly what's going on right now. You can shut your eyes and you just think, I'm listening to this song. And like this album, I think more than any other, gives you those moments. Yeah. To, without wanting to get too cheesy, you listen to it and you think, a few times you just think, I, I feel like Pablo right now. I feel just like, so I, I wouldn't want anything else to be going on than to be listening to this moment in this song. Yeah. And that's why I think it's a genius piece of work. And I, yeah, I think it's a, the perfect winner of Tracks album. And it's, it's a good way to end it. I remember our fourth episode, I think, was West. Yeah. And we basically did an episode on Kanye West. And yeah. it was when the release of this album came out. But I feel like we didn't really want to talk about it much. This might be the first time we've actually gone a little bit in depth about the album, necessarily. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot briefly, but... I, I want to go back and hear what we thought about it in the West episode. Yeah. Which was That would be interesting to listen to that too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like listening to this one either though. But um, a much deserved winner of yeah. the number one spot. Yeah. So, this one's for you, Kanye. We're ending our first calendar year of tracks by shouting out the main man. Episode 40... Release number 15. Album, Album of the year. Of the year. Kanye. The Life of Pablo. Nice one. Even we're better presenters now. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's debatable. <laughs> better than the beginning. Yeah. Not good, but better. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to wrap this up. Um, we're going to say, I've been Tim. And I've been Harry. This has been Tracks. You have been our amazing listeners the whole way 2016 through 2016 and we just want to say like the biggest thank you it means the world to us that you tune in every week uh, we've loved doing it I hope you've loved listening to it that's it I hope you've loved listening to it and uh, we've got a lot coming in 2017 yeah, we will see you in 2017 but have a beautiful Christmas mm. an amazing time and yeah we'll see you really soon what are we going to say them out with Harry? We're going to take them out with... Oh, that's a really good question, Tim. We're going to take 2016 out with St. Pablo. Beautiful. Thanks. Love you. We Bye. Do. See you next year, mate. ta dude. It's been emotional. It's been fun. People trying to say I'm going crazy on Twitter My friend's best advice was to stay low I guess it's hard to decipher all of the bills Especially when you got family members on payroll The media said it was outlandish spending The media said he's way out of control I just feel like I'm the only one not pretending I'm not out of control, I'm just not in a control I know I'm the most influential That time cover was just confirmation This generation Closest thing to Einstein So don't worry about me, I'm fine I can see a thousand years from now In real life, skate on a paradigm And shift it when I feel like Control conventional thought, don't need to question I know it's antiquated So sometimes I get aggressive Thank God for Jay Electra, he down with the mission Did it with no permission On our own conditions Most blacks with money have been beaten to submission Yeezy with the big house Did it way different Never listen to Hollywood producers Don't stare at money too long It's Medusa The ultimate Gemini has survived I wasn't supposed to make it past 25 Yeah, you're looking at the church in the night sky Wondering where the girl's gonna say hi Are oh, you looking at the church in the night sky 
And she wondering where's God in her nightlife. And you're looking at the church and the father, 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 where the dog's gonna say, God, yeah, don't feel like I'm on there. In the spirits of millions more to come A million illegally downloaded my truth over the drums I believe in the children Listen to the kids, bro, if the phone ringing Go and get your kids, so Brother Don Muhammad told the minister about the presentation He sat back and smiled Black on black lies is worse than black on black crime The Jews share their truth on how to make a dime Most black men couldn't balance the checkbook But by me